Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tuesday, December 1st, December 1st, 2020, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. President-elect Joe Biden continues to build his administration, announcing his economic team will show you the African-Americans who will play a key role. A COVID-19 update, one out of three African-Americans have lost someone 
to coronavirus. Donald Trump is headed to Georgia to help rally voters for the January runoff election. Will his presence help or hurt? We'll be focusing on, of course, uh, helping to elect Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. We'll also talk to the owner of the black, the black-owned vegan restaurant at the Senator David Perdue hit Ossoff campaign on. We'll talk with the owner about that. A lawsuit to prevent the removal of Confederate statues in Georgia heads back to court. An anti-affirmative action group is trying to erase race from college admissions. We'll give the details on that particular lawsuit as well. The shooting of the black man in Ashland, Oregon, white man, has been charged with killing a 19-year-old Aiden Ellison in a dispute over loud music. Showed no signs of injury. Disputing his claim that he was punched in the face. We'll talk with someone uh, who is advocating for uh, Aiden's family there. In Florida, the mother of Sincere Pierce, the black man who was killed by a Brevard County Sheriff, she was shot during his funeral service. Man, what to tell you what happened there. And also, a lot of folks on social media have been talking about the black owner of a restaurant in Dallas who went off on a group of black women for twerking in his restaurant. We'll show you the video and give you his explanation. Can't wait to see what my panel has to say about that. And in our black business segment, we'll talk with the owners of Smiles Shield, a black-owned business that makes face shields that allow you to customize them however you want. Also, today is Giving Tuesday, and there's still time to make a donation to your favorite charitable organization. I'll tell you who I'm donating to. It is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best belief, he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. President-elect Joe Biden and his transition team announced several nominees and appointments for top economic posts in his administration. Adewale Wale Adeyemo, who will be the first black deputy treasury secretary, and Cecilia Rouse, the first woman of color to chair the Council of Economic Advisors. Both of them spoke today when they went before the media. Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect, Thank you for this profound opportunity to return to the Treasury Department and serve the American people. I know firsthand the President-elect's capacity to lift our country out of hard times because I had the privilege of working with him to help Americans recover from the Great Recession. In California's Inland Empire, where I had grown up in a working-class neighborhood, the Great Recession hit us hard. We were one of the foreclosure capitals in the United States. The pain of this was real for me. It wasn't just numbers in a report or stories on the nightly news, but neighbors and friends who lost everything. I was proud of the work I got to do with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, protecting American consumers, and at the Treasury Department, helping to grow the U.S. economy. I was proud also of getting a chance to serve with leaders like the President-elect, who oversaw the Recovery Act's implementation, investing in American workers, 
betting on their resilience and drive, and giving families a chance to get up off the mat. I believe that's what public service is all about at its best, giving people a fair shot when they need it most, offering hope through the dark times, and making sure that our economy works not just for the wealthy, but for the hardworking people who make it run. Those are the lessons I learned from my parents, an elementary school principal and a nurse who came to America to build a better life for me and my siblings. They taught us that we have a responsibility to serve our community and the country that gave us so many opportunities. But I also learned early on how much more needs to be done to ensure that everyone has a fair chance they deserve. I look forward to working with Janet Yellen to reduce inequality in this country and expand the middle class and make sure that we build an economy that works for everyone. And as we build back better, we must also remain laser focused on the Treasury Department's critical role protecting our national security. This includes using our sanctions regime to hold bad actors accountable, dismantling the financial networks of terrorist organizations and others who seek to do us harm, and ensuring our foreign investment policy protects America's national security interest. The challenges before us today are unlike anything we have ever faced. But I know that what the President-elect so often reminds us of is true. The American people can do anything when given a chance. And I'm honored to be a part of this talented team and to work with them and all the American people to build an economy that gives everyone that chance and turns our nation once again from crisis to hope. Thank you. Good afternoon, Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect. Thank you for this extraordinary opportunity to join this team. I'm humbled and honored and ready to get to work for the American people. To be perfectly honest, until recently, I did not anticipate I would return to public service. <laughs> As every academic knows, when you've laid down roots at a school you love, with incredible students and colleagues you've grown with, it isn't easy to take a leave. It requires a rare combination of urgency and opportunity to pull you away. But that rare combination is precisely what our nation is facing right now. My path as an economist began in my first year of college. My mother, the school psychologist, encouraged me to take a course in economics. And it happened to coincide with what at the time was one of the worst spikes in unemployment since the Great Depression. It was impossible for me to separate what we were learning in the classroom from what I know was going on and to slip through into hardship and hopelessness. And importantly, structural inequities that have always existed in our economy are being exacerbated like never before. This is a moment of urgency and opportunity unlike any we face in modern times. The urgency of ending a devastating crisis and the opportunity to build a better economy in its wake. An economy that works for everyone, brings fulfilling job opportunities and leaves no one to fall through the cracks. I look forward to working with the president-elect and vice president-elect and this amazing entire economic team to address that urgency and seize that opportunity and make our economic system work better for every American. Thank you.
The biggest fight likely is going to be with Anira Tandon. She is who by name for the Office of Management and Budget. Uh, she'll be the first uh, South Asian woman, a woman of color, to serve in that position. And man, progressives are not happy because she doesn't support Medicare for all. Conservatives can't stand her either. You already have some Republicans who are saying they're not going to vote for her. Here's what she had to say uh, today. Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect, I'm humbled and honored by the trust you've placed in me to work with this talented team on behalf of the American people. I'm especially proud to work alongside leaders who understand that budgets are not abstractions. They are a reflection of our values. They touch our lives in profound ways, and sometimes they make all the difference. Like the Vice President-elect's mother, Shamala, my mother, Maya, was born in India. Like so many millions across every generation, she came to America to pursue a better life. I was raised in a suburb of Boston, a middle-class kid. But when I was five, my parents got divorced, and my mom was left on her own with two young children and without a job. She faced a choice, return to India, where at a time, divorce was stigmatized and the opportunities for her and her children would be limited, or keep fighting for her American dream. She stayed, and America came through for her when times were tough. We relied on food stamps to eat. We relied on Section 8 housing vouchers to pay the rent. We relied on the social net safety net to get back on our feet. This country gave her a fair shot to reach the middle class, and she made it work. She got now, all, again, as I said, the attacks have already began because all of these <laughs> Republicans are talking about, oh, she tweeted this and she tweeted that. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer uh, didn't want to hear any of that. Here's him slapping these Republicans around today on the floor of the United States Senate ticket items left on the congressional agenda before the end of the year. Over the next few weeks, the Senate must pass an appropriations bill to keep the government funded. We must pass the annual defense bill, a piece of legislation that Congress has passed every year for nearly 60 years in a row. And a top priority as well is a major COVID relief bill. We are in a moment of genuine national catastrophe. The rates of new cases, of hospitalizations and deaths are the highest or near the highest of at any point during this awful pandemic. The economic fallout of the pandemic spreads and spreads. November saw the largest single two-week jump in unemployment benefit applications since early April. Enhanced job benefits are only a few weeks from expiration. The time has come for Congress to pass a bipartisan COVID relief bill that meets the needs of our workers, our families, our schools, and our businesses. The Republican leader of this chamber knows very well that the only way to pass legislation in the Senate is with a measure of bipartisanship. But time and time again, the Republican leader's idea of action on COVID has been to bring partisan legislation to the floor and then demand everyone accept it. Every single iteration has included poison pills designed to ensure that the bills fail not consensus proposals. That's not what these poison pills are at all. And he knows darn well that Democrats don't agree to them. Well, that's no way to do business around here. 
The leader's view seems to be that the only things that should be considered in the next COVID relief bill are items that Republicans approve of, even if the needs of the country go way beyond what's on their narrow list. So I would plead again to the Republican leader and to my colleagues on the other side, we need to come together. Both sides, both sides must be willing to compromise. While the Republicans in this chamber enjoy a majority, they must grapple with the fact that Democrats hold a majority in the House. We cannot make a law without Democrats in the House and, frankly, Democrats' votes in the Senate, because there are a good number of Republicans who won't vote for any proposal. So we need a true bipartisan bill, not another round of partisan Republican proposals put forward by the leader, and then he makes take-it-or-leave-it demands, and that's it. During his, uh, during his speech, uh, it was so funny, Schumer uh, really said to Republicans, so y'all said nothing, did nothing, talking about uh, Joe Biden's, excuse me, Donald Trump's tweets, but all of a sudden now you have something to say uh, about Neera Tandon. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to buy that. Killer Bethea, communication strategist, Michael Brown, former vice chair of DNC, finance committee, Candace Kelly, legal analyst. Glad to have all three of you uh, on the show. It's really laughable, Michael, to watch Republicans whine about uh, the economic team here, whine about near attending uh, her tweets, when these are the people who would often say, for four last four years, oh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't, read any I didn't read any tweets from Donald Trump. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, any excuse. Uh, by the way, happy post-Thanksgiving to everybody, and, uh, and uh, happy holidays coming up. You know, any excuse they have to be uh, disruptors and really not let anything happen for the American people is, is completely transparent. Senator Corrin of Texas uh, went off on some ramble about uh, her tweets and how she's been so against the uh, Trump administration. And, and I think him in particular and some of the senators for some of their votes. But it's just excuse after excuse after excuse. This is how they're going to be. Hopefully, uh, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect uh, Harris will be able to bring people together so we can get things done, whether it's a, obviously COVID relief bill, getting the economy back on track, Clearly, maybe some infrastructure, something that brings red states and blue states together, because infrastructure helps everybody. It's not just a blue state bill, because there are highways in red states, too. And that's what I think the president-elect will try to uh, communicate. But Candace here, you have a strong economic team here. Uh, Republicans, the problem we have right now is they have the majority, obviously. That's why Georgia is so important. But it also means Democrats can't afford any folks on their side to, to, uh, to waver. Bottom line is here. Democrats have to win both Georgia seats to force a tie. Otherwise, Republicans are going to try to block folks they don't like on Joe Biden's team, and they are targeting Neera Tandon. Exactly. And, you know, I just want to say that when it comes to the tweets, you know, e even recently we've heard threats against people um, and things that people have been doing just in general uh, over there in the Republican side where people just aren't paying attention or they're just not uh, lending any, any credence to it. But this is something where people are going to have to come out in Georgia to make a difference. You have the Stacey Abrams of the world, but then you have Donald Trump who's going to make his way down there this weekend in order to try to change the mind of so many people. But at the same time, Donald Trump, he's between a rock and a hard place. At the same time, he's trying to just denounce the, the, the election system down in Georgia, everywhere, for, everywhere from the governor on down. But at the same time, he's trying to get people out to vote after he's tried to convince people that this is a system that just doesn't work. So this is what we're going to really see play out when Donald Trump visits Georgia, as well as the debate 
um, the one debate that's going to be taking place this week in Georgia, too. So it's going to be something that so many people besides Georgia are going to have their eyes on. Really important stuff going on. I think it's hilarious, uh, Kelly, listening to... It. First of all, it's going to be a whole bunch of hypocrisy from Republicans and Democrats. The moment they open their mouths on anything, they should simply say, show me the, show them the hand. I don't want to hear a damn thing. You didn't say Jack for four years. I don't want to hear your mouth right now. Exactly. Um, when it comes to Republicans, one thing that is relatively right about them is that when it comes to anything, whether it is for the good or for the bad, they are at a united front all the time. Um, that's how Trump got into office. They, you know, behind the scenes, you can ask any of them that they don't necessarily like Trump. They recognize that he lost, but on um, on its face in public, what they will do is actually more or less lie about it. I'm not saying that Democrats need to lie about anything, but I do suggest and strongly encourage that they uh, present a united front when it comes to these nominations, because we're all we have. The Republicans are unwavering, and Democrats need to do the same thing, regardless of your personal preference for the selections. At the end of the day, Biden is the president. He's making the decisions for the betterment of everyone. And Democrats are really the only party right now who could remotely have inter the interests of everybody in the country. So they need to, you know, get on the ball and, and just get things done. This is why, folks, uh, this is why elections matter. At the end of the day, election results matter. Who wins? And so that's why we've been talking about Georgia. Same thing when we talk about what's happening uh, with coronavirus. We're dealing with an administration, uh, which is a bunch of folks who have not done their job. We're seeing coronavirus cases explode all across the country, rising in November. Some experts expect the surge to continue. Uh, while a vaccine is expected to begin distribution in December, it doesn't change the fact that there are more than 13 million positive cases in the U.S. with 274,000 fatalities. A recent poll by the, the, the Dave Beaumont Foundation shows that 34% of African Americans know someone who has died from coronavirus. Many are hopeful that the vaccine will prevent more COVID deaths. And David Goldberg, the U.S. CEO of DHL Global Forwarding, says his team is ready to ship vaccines worldwide. Right now, what we're waiting for is the vaccine to be approved. Um, the first shipments to be dispatched, and we're just standing by, ready. It's really up to the government now to give them the um, uh, use uh, authorization, and then once they're ready to go, we're standing by, ready. Joining, joining us now, Dr. Tyson Bell. He is critical care and infectious disease specialist at the University of Virginia. Dr. Bell, glad to have you back on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, man, one in three African Americans know someone who has died from coronavirus. I mean, that shows you how devastating this is having on black folks across this country. Exactly. Um, and I'm one of those who know someone who's died of COVID-19. So uh, this has disproportionately affected our community. This has been from the beginning. It's not a new story, Roland. Uh, many different diseases disproportionately affect our community. This is just the latest chapter in a, in a long episode, unfortunately. And when we talk about uh, those who are being impacted, again, we keep urging our folks, look, to put that mask on, to practice social distancing, not go into these restaurants. Uh, you know, look, I mean, and, and, we, and we're going to show a video uh, in a little bit about where this restaurant owner uh, went off on these black women who were twerking in the restaurant. It was a packed restaurant, and he himself was not sitting here wearing his mask at all times. And I, and I just think that, 
for so many people, they become lackadaisical and have this uh, false sense. And we see story after story of people uh, who, who blew it off. Then all of a sudden they get infected. Now they're having health issues. And some people are still having health issues three, six, nine months later. Exactly. Uh, COVID long hauling is definitely a thing. Uh, many people can have lots of symptoms that persist even after they've gotten over the initial um, part of the of the virus. Uh, so it's not just a matter of who lives or dies. It's what kind of life you have coming out of COVID-19. And just now we're going to the winter season where we're more indoors. Viruses spread more easily in the wintertime. In-home transmission is thought to drive over half a transmission. So this is a danger period. We don't have a vaccine that's rolled out yet. So we have to be extra vigilant this time. You know, the thing that um, also I think is, uh, is, is critical here uh, is looking at the various decisions made by government officials. And I think, I think people have to also stop getting frustrated and upset because the reality is, and again, we've had enough experts on, folks like you are still learning every day about COVID-19. And so when people say, well, y'all told us before, don't put masks on, now you're saying put masks on and do this and do that, it's because this thing, it continues to evolve and change. Exactly. We learn more every single day. And sometimes that means that advice that we may have given earlier on um, turns out to not be the right advice to give nowadays. Uh, so, you know, this is science. A lot of science is wrong when we initially discover things. Uh, but uh, as time goes on, uh, we've learned what prevents the spread of COVID-19. And that's your basic public health practices, washing your hands, socially distancing, trying to avoid enclosed indoor spaces, wearing a mask. Um, it's as simple as that, though. It's hard for a lot of people to stick to, unfortunately. Some of that's messaging from the top, but a lot of it is that we have to have our due diligence, especially our community. When we talk about, uh, you know, in terms of what is next, we keep hearing about the vaccine, but the reality is, uh, are you preparing people to say, look, don't think in, in terms of, okay, fine, they're going to be distributing 10 million or so dosages in December, January, that really folks should be thinking that we're going to be dealing with this, and I keep saying, uh, through October at the earliest, to prepare folks mentally uh, moving forward. Exactly. You know, having a vaccine approved and even beginning to distribute is really just the first step. Uh, once we get it to that critical mass of people, which we think is around 70 to 80 percent of people getting protection with the vaccine, that's when we'll start to see that benefit of herd immunity where we have uh, more wide scale protection. But that's going to take a little bit of time in order to get that rolled out fully. Uh, and again, so uh, that's going to be a, a huge issue there. Uh, la last thing here, Scott Atlas resigned uh, from the Trump administration. He was uh, one of Trump's go-to people. Uh, thank goodness. I mean, surely to me, as a, I would think as a doctor, uh, you're happy to see uh, this administration go away where we can actually have real professionals speak. Atlas didn't know a damn thing about infectious diseases, uh, and he was out here talking as if he was uh, the, the most important voice when it comes to COVID-19. I'm glad he's gone, Roland. That's it. Simple as that. Dr. Bell, I certainly appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Uh, to go back to our panel here. Candace, I'm going to start with you. I mean, this is, look, everybody's dealing with this now. We, we, we're seeing everybody deal with this. We're seeing law schools. We're seeing elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, now businesses, so many people who are still being impacted by this. And, and I really think uh, the key is to get people to say, y'all, be patient, because a lot yeah. of the experts, again, are having 
People are learning every single day. I, I just think people want to be over, but it's not going to be over. I go back to the Spanish flu. That lasted, uh, that lasted two plus years. That's right. And not only do you have to be patient, but you have to pay attention and watch the news and see that when we're dealing with these effects specifically, like you said, we're not just talking about a couple of weeks. I know people who got COVID back in March and they still uh, don't have their taste. And we also have to share with people, not only be patient, but wear your mask because that's just not protecting you. It's protecting me. It's like going on the road with a drunk driver. I might drive very well, but it's a drunk driver out there that I'm worried about. And then you have those I'm, I'm gonna, I just, I'm just gonna people. These are the people who are just gonna drop by somebody's house real quick. Oh, I'm just gonna go to church right quick. I'm gonna do the same things that I have been doing all of these years and months um, during COVID, and I'm not gonna change my ways. So we have to get the message that not only do we have to change our ways, but when it comes to African-Americans, as you said, it's affecting us a disproportion, in a disproportionate way. Um, uh, it's all about the expertise, uh, Kelly. And again, to me, there's nothing greater than seeing uh, these idiots in the Trump administration leave the White House because one of the reasons why we are in dire straits right now is because these fools uh, were giving such bad information uh, since uh, January. The fact that they're just leaving is is just it, it's a statement in and of itself right the fact that we are you know what is it nine months in and we're just coming around to possibly wearing masks you know these people there's a lot of people out there who still believe the propaganda who still believe that uh, mask wearing isn't necessary that washing your hands vigorously at uh you know different intervals throughout the day, whether or not you did something isn't necessary. Um, people believing in the hype that has been proven false time and time again, both by expert and by victims. Now over a quarter million victims are telling you, wear a mask. And it, that's not going to go away anytime soon. Like you said, the Spanish flu lasted two years. Um, like Candace was saying, you have a lot of people who do the, you know, just gonna thing. And I've been uh, guilty of that too. And I'm changing my ways as well, because not only do I not want to give COVID, uh, get COVID, but I don't want my family to get it either. So um, especially during the winter months, just hunker down, do your part, wear a mask, and hopefully the vaccine will come in a time to us uh, outside of the, the CDC recommendations for the priorities soon enough for pe more people to be safe. Uh, one of the things that we're also seeing when we talk about uh, seeing these people just, just finally go away is, is really the cesspool that they have created, Michael. Uh, we're now, uh, New York Times is reporting that Rudy Giuliani has discussed actually getting a pardon from Donald Trump. Okay, Rudy, does that mean you did some illegal stuff? Not only that, you now have, um, uh, he's pardoned Mike Flynn. We, then, then Sean Hannity's out here saying that Donald Trump should pardon himself and his whole family. Now, we also know uh, from the Department of Justice that uh, they are actually investigating a, and these were from some, in some redacted documents, they are investigating uh, a bribery scheme involving pardons as well. Uh, to watch this administration, 
I don't put any, any of it past anybody. Uh, that's how these thugs work. And I think we're going to see more of this. So if Donald Trump starts throwing out pardons left and right, because they know the kind of illegal crap they've been involved in the last four years. And I certainly don't remember um, in my constitutional law classes when I was in law school about I don't even know if you can pardon yourself if you haven't been indicted or charged with anything. What would they be pardoned you for? Can. Future, future crimes? I mean, that's what... I'm sorry, was that Candace or Kelly? Sorry, go ahead. Kelly. That was Kelly. Wait, 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 one second, one second. Michael, please finish. No, no problem. I, I was... It's... And I just don't... It's just very odd that they're talking about Giuliani again. He has, Not that I'm aware of, he hasn't been charged or indicted. Uh, with anything. They can't do anything clearly on the state courts. So even if the, or uh, state charges, so even if uh, they do get pardoned for something that they haven't been charged with, uh, they can't avoid the New York state charges or other states that are going to come after not just uh, 45 and potentially his family and their company. Uh, and that's what's so funny. He's talking about, you know, what his future plans are. I think he's got a lot to deal with. He's going to have a lot on his plate come January 21st. Uh, that he has to figure out before he tries to figure out what his future is. Uh, Kelly, go ahead. No, I was just saying uh, Michael was making a point regarding uh, whether you can they basically preemptively pardon someone. The answer is yes. It is incredibly rare, and it has not yet been challenged as to whether it's legal, mainly because it's so rare, and frankly, the president does it. Um, I believe the last time it happened was with LBJ and Nixon. Um, but I'm not sure uh, any other times before or after that. But but I'm, I'm confused, Candace, because here's the problem. Uh, the Constitution says the president should have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. Hmm. So how can you grant a pardon to unknown things unless if you grant the pardon, you are admitting that you actually were involved in crimes? Roland, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think that we are going to be seeing something come down the pike, or, you know, we're just going to see, after, on January 21st, a lot of things happen, because there are about six to seven very viable legal cases that Trump is going to have to face, one of them being the emoluments clauses fate um, lawsuits. What's, what's happening is that the chickens have to come home to roost. There are lawsuits that are out there. There are things that we don't know about that are going to reveal themselves. So I think that's what you are trying to say, too, that, well, what are we fighting here if we don't see anything yet? That's going to come. And that's what they know, and we don't know yet. Go to my iPad, please. This, is a, this here is um, um, something that was written by uh, an assistant attorney general under Richard Nixon who basically wrote this memo, August 5th, 1974, that said a president cannot pardon himself. Now, granted, this is a legal ruling, has not been tested uh, in court, Candace, uh, but th this is just a memo from, from uh, again, uh, an official in the Justice Department, because this obviously came up when Richard Nixon, it was written by Mary C. Lawton. She was the acting assistant attorney general in the Nixon administration, so who said in 74, under the legal rule, no one can be their own judge. And essentially, you can't be the judge and also the one who did the, did the crime. But the thing that 
uh, and also we, we talked about this whole idea, um, uh, and I'm pulling this. I'm pulling this up right here, Cans. Uh, if you can speak to it, goes back to this 1915 case where the Supreme Court. Um, this is a uh, case here. Uh, is a verdict versus the United States that that dealt with this whole issue of if you grant a pardon, that means that you have you are accepting an admission of guilt, mm. which means mm. that if Trump gives a pardon to Rudy Giuliani. Aren't they going to have to admit guilt about something? Absolutely. You you know, you can't have one without the other. If you are going to pardon some somebody from something, what is that something? And and that's the issue. Now, Kelly had mentioned that this was something that people could possibly do. But as we've seen with just the past four years, there's so many things that have been uh, untested. And this might be one of those things where we're going to see how mm -hmm. a potential presidential pardon actually plays out. There's just not a lot of precedent for it. But just like the last four years, we just, we just haven't seen a lot of precedent for anything. So we're still going to be learning all the way to January 21st. But to go back to your original point, Absolutely. What are we pardoning somebody for? Somebody has to say, I did something in order to be pardoned for. Right. And, and that's really what jumps out of here, Kelly. So when, so when the likes of Sean Handy says, oh, you should just, you know, give, give, just hand out pardons to everybody, what they're basically saying is, all y'all did some dirty stuff. All y'all were engaged in crimes. So therefore... I need to hand some pardons out so whatever is discovered after we leave, this little pardon here covers the legal stuff y'all are involved in. Kelly, go ahead. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It's delayed on my end. Um, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, the fact that uh, we're even having this conversation just shows you just how rare and unprecedented such a such an action is on behalf of a president, but we've also haven't had a president who is this much of a fraud in office. Um, um, he pales in compared to Nixon, absolutely. So uh, I don't think it should it should come to that. Um, but in the case that it does, I do not believe that he should be pardoned. I don't think he should have the capacity to pardon himself. But in the event that he tries, he can't pardon himself from state crimes. He can only do that. Uh, he can only make that action with federal crimes. No, no, no but, but, no, right but the, the key there is crimes. The key there is crimes. And so again, no one has enumerated a crime of Rudy Giuliani, a crime of uh, Trump and his children. If you're all, if you're talking about a pardon, you are admitting I did some illegal shit. You are. And if they are pardoned, then they won't be held accountable for it. But what I'm saying is, if if it comes down to that, they would have to admit something on a federal level. Right, but... If they so, admit something that happened in the jur... And if they did something and the jurisdiction is within the state... Well, no, 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 no. I know the difference between federal and state. I know the pardon does not only covers federal crimes. The point I'm trying to get to is, and again, because it hasn't been tested... If a pardon is granted, doesn't the language, and, and, and Candace, Michael, or Kelly speak to this, doesn't the language have to specify what the crime is? 
why you're partnering somebody. I mean, you just don't say, hey, here's a partner. It covers anything you did. Right. Well, under normal, Candace, you want me to go first? Or you want to go, Candace? Oh, well, you were going to, you were getting to my point. This is just not, it's not going to be normal. So I'll let you go. <laughs> right. It's, uh, you know, under normal circumstances, when you go for clemency or a pardon, it goes through the Justice Department first, then to the White House Counsel's Office for a recommendation to the president. Obviously, he doesn't do pardons that way. He first, of all, first of all, that, that's just a process. That's not constitutional. So the reality no, is, it can be however they want to do it. However he wants to do it, he can do it that way. That's correct. But most presidents... Michael, go ahead, go ahead. But most presidents have followed that process. Can he do a different process? Of course he can. But the, I guess the point that I guess we're all trying to, trying to figure out is what are the limits of the power of pardon, because to your point, Roland, yes, in the clemency, certainly application that goes to the Justice Department or pardon application, same that goes to the White House Counsel's Office, it does have to enumerate what was done for them to be pardoned for. Now, again, that's part of the process. He could have a whole different process. His process may be, shoot, if a celebrity comes in and says, I want this person pardoned, that's good enough. So I guess we'll have to wait and see over the coming days how he, how his White House counsel's office decides to uh, handle pardons and clemency. Candace, go ahead. Well, when we're talking about process, we know that when it comes to President Trump, he doesn't believe in process. If there's a process, he's going to flip it upside down on its face. And people will, by and large, support him because they're afraid because he has power. So that's what we're seeing here. If there's a process, he's going to do exactly what he wants. And that's going to be the issue. And that's what we're seeing unfold right now. The only difference is he has a very limited time in order to pull this off. Uh, well, bottom line is, I think we're going to be seeing uh, partners flying out of this White House uh, fast and furious as they're trying to cover their butts uh, as best that they can. Got to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk about uh, this drama out of Dallas. <laughs> okay. This restaurant owner, this brother goes off on these sisters for twerking in his restaurant, but a lot of people say he was wrong. We'll discuss that also. We'll talk about Georgia. Well, the Republican Secretary of State is blasting Donald Trump and Republicans for their for, for Trump for attacking the voting in Georgia, but also saying Republicans, why the hell aren't y'all coming to our assistance when we did this thing right? And we'll talk with the sister who owns a vegan restaurant in Georgia that got caught up in this brouhaha between Senator David Perdue and John Ossoff. All of that next to Roland Martin Unfiltered. We could get Lil Wayne, Drake, the Migos, Cardi B, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Kanye. We gotta get every person that they listening to to say something informational and positive about voting because it, they not listening to the average just vote. Let's, we gotta have to do some skits about why and what happens when you don't vote. It, it, you know, when you don't vote, then you have no community. You're like, hey, they changed Dowling Street to emancipation. I don't want that. Did you vote? Did you, because they asked, they asked. You know, you gotta get, you gotta hit people 
where they where they stand at. Like, understand what you're not getting by not voting. Let me let me give you a concept of, hey, you know you could have this, and this school could be better. It could have this in this school, but you know how you get that by voting. But you don't want to you don't want to vote. What you need me to do? You want me to put a, a food truck in front of every voting stand? I'm handing out as you vote. Get your hot plate as you as you walk off. You know what do I need to do to get you to understand that this is? Oh, I, do I need to get a bus and and drive around and go to every elderly home and pick them up? Pick them up. Tell them we we doing it's bingo. You know what I'm saying? Pick, pick them up. <laughs> they gonna get on that bus. They, they going to bingo. And we got free divers too. <laughs> All right, y'all. In a viral video that folks have been talking about for the last 48 hours, Kevin Kelly, owner of True Kitchen and Cocktails in Dallas, is shown going off on some black women for twerking in his restaurant. Y'all watch this. I invested a lot of money into buying this building, into developing this concept so black people can have somewhere nice to go to, okay? Somewhere where we can feel good about ourselves as a... Good morning. Stop the music, please. Somewhere where our people can feel good about ourselves as a culture, okay? Yeah. No, no, real talk. And so all this twerking and shit, take it to Prime, take it to Pink, don't bring it here because we're a restaurant. And so beyond that, 75% of my customers are ladies. And I want men to show respect for themselves for how they carry themselves here. So how can I tell the men to respect themselves and you guys are twerking on glass here? If you want to do it, get the fuck out of my restaurant. Because I did it for our people and I did it for our culture. So don't do it, no, don't do it again. I don't want to hear it. If you don't like it, get out because I don't need your money. I need to provide something for my people. And don't do it again. Thank you. Okay, a lot of folks uh, have, like I say, been, have really been commenting on this here. But one of the things is this here. Okay, so go, go to my, go to my. So this is a video from Jamel Hill posted. This is from the restaurant, and so apparently the on prior to that, Kelly came over several times to ask the women to stop, and so you see him. Now, we don't have the audio here. They did not, uh, uh, you, this, you don't have the audio. This is from the restaurant. You see him talking, you know, say, please, you know, don't do this, blah, 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 blah. Okay, then all of a sudden, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. All right, so he, he comes to the restaurant. Hold on, I think she had a second post. Now, this was, so this was, the, we just showed you that particular post. But this was before all that took place. Now, he released, we tried to get him on the show, uh, but he did release a 545-word statement addressing the twerking fiasco. In the statement, he clarifies that the rant was inspired by the behavior of women sitting at three tables in the restaurant, one of whom was dancing up against the restaurant's glass window. This is what some of the statement reads. A customer stood on her seat, placed her hands against the glass. If we have the statement, please pull it up. Placed her hands against the glass windows and began to twerk. My immediate reaction was this woman could fall through this window and we could be the target of a lawsuit if she is injured. Now, a 545-word statement. If y'all could pull it up, please get it. And then I, I want to read more of that. Now, so so here's the thing that... that so I want to talk with, with our panel, uh, and, I, and I'll start, start, start with you, Candace. Um, what was very interesting here is that and I'm going to pull up the name of the song, uh, the DJ, because there was a DJ in the, there was a DJ in the, um, 
uh, in the restaurant. There's a DJ who's in the restaurant. Uh, and that particular DJ uh, was playing uh, a song, and the song is called, uh, let's see here, throw that, the song is called Throw That Ass in a Circle. Mm. Okay, that's the name of the song. Okay. Throw That Ass in a Circle. Now. I know the song. Now. The, song. <laughs> the owner, so again, as I break this whole thing down, so here's how I'm, this is just rolling. If you're saying to me that 75% of your customers are women, black women, and you don't want things like this here, first, you might want to have a discussion with your DJ <laughs> not to put on throw that ass in a circle. You might not want to put on back that ass up by juvenile. You might not, you might not want to put on uh, twerk by Juicy J. I'm just saying this. I mean, yeah. so you might want to play certain music first. That's I want I want to say that. But the second thing is, do you agree with the people? There are people who are saying that, that, that this owner, his tone was wrong. But remember, we only see have that video. We don't have the tone, and I think if we, with that, that surveillance video, I think you can actually see it's a different tone. Clearly, he got pissed off. He had to come back a second or third time. That's right. See, we saw his last straw. He already had put the straws out there. Right? Yeah, we, we saw the version when your mama started whooping your ass. That, that's right. That's what that's what we saw. <laughs> and so, in all fairness, we we need to know the backstory. And I think that we're seeing pieces of it on the video right now. But as you said, the problem was with the song. He manages the restaurant. He controls what is on there. If he respects black women all that much, how about songs without cusses? How about songs without saying "get up and shake that ass"? So that was the first first and foremost. The other problem was that he had me until he started cussing. Because then his point just became a paradox. At, on the one side, he was saying, look, I respect black women. This, this uh, place respects black women. But then he went and cussed them out. You, you want to you take your argument to a next level if you're ever in a conversation with a black woman? Say the F word. See where that gets you. But, but I that think, was but, the problem. But, but I think, Kelly, again, we saw that video where he cussed. Uh, mm -hmm. That surveillance video, again, I think if you look at that video... You can, you can go to my iPad. You can see how he's put. Come on, y'all, go to my iPad. He put his hand together. He said he's. You can turn. You can you see how he's talking. You can take that body language. There seems to be. I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to see. You see him putting the hands together three times in a in a, in a prayer stance, and you see how you. you, you I, I think we can't hear it. But I think with the body language, that's, that's, please, please, blah, blah, blah. You say, uh, can y'all not do this here? Please. After that, I got to come back. Now y'all done pissed me off. That, that's, that's clearly, I think, what happened here. I think so, too. Um, but there's a couple layers to this. So, one, it's a restaurant. Um, if you were at any other restaurant, be it a TGI Fridays or a five-star Michelin, uh, you know, five-star Michelin uh, uh, establishment, there's a certain way that you need to carry yourself in a restaurant. Um, standing up in a booth to twerk is not one of those uh, pieces of behavior in which you need to act. So I understand his frustration and, and his anger towards that. However, when he starts talking about, you know, 
uh, he said something along the lines of, how can I ask men to respect you if you don't respect yourself? I take issue with that because my behavior should not be, like, a man's behavior towards me should not be incumbent necessarily upon what I'm doing. It should just be respect, period. Um, it felt a little bit victim blaming, if that makes any sense. So if you if you take that notion and you apply it towards any type of abuse or any type of uh, of a uh, harassment, and the rationale being, oh, she was wearing a short skirt or she was doing something that I don't like, well, that had nothing to do with how you treat her. That's on you. But here's what he said. So, I, so, so but here was the statement here. This is the statement. Uh, he said, in, 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 so this is the statement he posted on Instagram. Go to, my, go to my iPad. He said, while I would like to apologize to the patrons who I offended by my poor choice of wording, I think this full story and a bit of video may help you understand understanding of the final straw with guests addressed and asked to leave. When the first incident occurred, the guests were politely asked to stop and have respect for themselves and other customers. The guests at issue were at three tables. As this video shows, you will see guests spoken to politely and literally begged to stop standing on our furniture and twerking. There are other videos that show much more of the behavior in the following videos, but we do not want to embarrass the guests sitting at those tables. Later, as another video shows, a, a customer stood on her seat, placed her hands against the glass windows and began to twerk. My immediate reaction was this woman could fall through this window and we could be the target of a lawsuit if she is injured. My second reaction was enough is enough. After already addressing this behavior twice, these customers no longer deserve the courtesy of kindness I expressed in the earlier encounters as it was met with disrespect and intentionally ignored. This is why they were told to leave. We hope these additional videos will give you a bit more insight into what led to the guests being admonished, but we understand we cannot please everyone. As usual, 97% of our guests yesterday were fantastic. This is an indictment on the very few who don't respect our restaurant. However, we reserve the right to address guests who we believe fall below the standards of the concept created. True Kitchen and Cocktails is a concept created with many months of planning and much more to ensure it is a concept Dallas will love. To date, our plan has worked well, and we are thankful for our guests. Now, that is that is uh, part one uh, of his particular statement here. Uh, and then uh, he had a part two. Uh, let me just see here. Uh... Uh, uh, we can't. What is this here? What is it? No, 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 no. Excuse me. No, it is a part two, folks. So he has part one here. Then they posted this, which is actually kind of weird. Uh, they posted, got, after conducting a thorough investigation, we have found that the spices, seasoning, and recipes of food mixed with the magic of our chefs are what makes a few guests want to twerk. We have had numerous discussions on the matter and have agreed that we will not change our spices, seasoning, and recipes or culinary magic. However, we can't allow standing in seats and twerking. Regardless, we do encourage all to come to True Kitchen and Cocktails. Enjoy the music, enjoy the vibe, and be careful when you're eating our tasty food. Uh, God bless you all this Tuesday and smile. Hashtag high level, not eye level. Uh, clearly, they're trying to turn the page here, Michael. As I think they should, and I, I don't really have much to, uh, to add. 
um, of what Candace and, and Kelly had to say. I guess he could have handled it. Everything was fine. I agree. He walked over to the table. I think very calmly said, hey, this, you know, please stop this. Came back calmly again. I think when he stood up in the middle of the restaurant and embarrassed the folks that he was trying to have them stop, um, could have obviously made other people feel uncomfortable about coming back to his restaurant. So I think he could handle that. I was involved in, a, uh, in an event where some folks had had too much to drink. It was a fundraiser. And they were not acting well or not acting right. So what uh, the organizers did, they say they asked the person to leave, gave him his check back. So they felt like they weren't being not just asked to leave, but also you kept my money, gave him his check back. So he felt, I guess, respected in that way. And he could have done the same with these ladies, the ladies look. Clearly, you're not going to take uh, listen to me. Uh, your meal's on me. Um, whatever you haven't done so far or finished so far, you can put it, we'll put it in a takeout thing and you can take it with you, but you're going to have to leave so I want without to embarrassing the whole restaurant. But I want to do this here. I want to do this here, Michael. So this, so go to my iPad. This is the first video. They posted all three to watch this y'all. This is a 33 second video. All right. This is the first one. Uh, mm -hmm. you see how he's, how he's explaining. Nice and calm. Nice okay. And calm. Nice and calm. All right. This is the first video. Okay. So, blah, 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 here you go. And then he said there were three tables. So you see him, you know, you see him very calmly, okay? So, now, now mind you, all right? So he's going to walk away. I'm going to flip it. So uh, here we go, okay? So he, so he walks away. Here you go. Now, this is the second video. This is the video where apparently the woman is twerking at the table and her butt is on the glass, uh, and you see him, uh, you're going to see him uh, come out. Uh, first of all, you got that one. Then you go, here it is right here. This is when he comes out like, now damn, look, now y'all done pissed me off. Okay, <laughs> you're going to see him reach his hand out. I need you to step down. I need you to step your little twerking behind down. Then you see him motion, and then you, then you see him motion to everybody else in the restaurant. So, so now you see all three videos. I think right there, Candace, Kelly, and Michael, the third time, my man had gotten pissed off. Now, look, I had to walk over here twice before. <laughs> now y'all done pissed me off, and I think he was, I, he, he was clearly triggered. Yes, he was. And, you know, in the time of COVID, he even said, I don't even need your money, right? So we know that he was upset. And as a restaurant owner, he's right, because when it comes to liability, let that glass break on three people. And, and three people are bleeding. How long do you think it will take for that to go up online? And then his restaurant will be closed. So I understand his issue. He may have had a wrong approach. And I think that, you know, he came back around full circle to make a little light of it and, and, and you know, make it not as heavy. And I think he'll be fine. But I do understand where he's coming from. He would have been the one and is the one right now to take all of this because of what somebody else did. And but this he, he and, and 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 this is the video right here of the woman twerking. Like y'all, this is the restaurant. <laughs> and then he walks yeah, over. It was a mess. Uh yeah, and you see he walks over and he's like, "Yeah, you, you got to get you got to get the hell down." Uh yeah. and phones and and so Kelly go ahead. No, frankly, as soon as that happened, I would have escorted them out of the restaurant. No, no, that's what's over. Here's what happened. So here's what happened. When, when she was on the wall, so you see right here, this is her on the wall right here. 
dancing. Right. And you're gonna see him stick his hand out. That's when, that's when, with the other video, when he went off, he stuck his hand out. You see it right here. He stick. He's, so this is another video, apparently. That oh, here's a here's a better shot uh, of of the folk. This is right here. This is them in the restaurant. <laughs> People wouldn't even do that in McDonald's. So oh, and right. apparently, hold on. Now this is a, this is more the this is see. So now we seeing more the <laughs> now now see. Okay, so now we trying to turn the whole joint up. Mm. <laughs> right, I think that might be no. That's it. So there you go, Kelly. Go ahead. No, again, I, 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 I think, I, think that... I might. I think I might not understand what my man was cussing. Absolutely. <laughs> no, yeah, no, for sure. Like her, her behavior was inappropriate for purposes of that venue. I get that. My issue was his approach in in dealing with it. The minute that she started doing something that was not in line with his standards of the restaurant, that should have been the minute that he escorted them out of the restaurant. No, no but Kelly, he, he gave him a shot. The Kelly, he restaurant. gave him three shots. He gave him three shots now. Yeah. Hold on. No, he did. I, he I, actually I, handled I it. What you're saying, I wouldn't have given them three shots. That's what I well, well, but, but hold on. But the fact that he even did that, he was trying to be respectful. He was like, look, can y'all not do I this here? That. He come back. Please, can you not do this? Third time? Yeah, okay, now hell no. Y'all done pissed me off. <laughs> I get that. But again, um, like Candace was saying earlier about liability, the minute that I see somebody doing something that could possibly be a liability in my place of work that I own, I that I am responsible yeah. for, I'm not going to have them continuously be in my restaurant. But no, no, no. But, the, but, but, be but, but, a liability. But the liability only happened when she put her butt up against the glass window. The two previous times they went over, they were just twerking. That's right, the, right. Li the liability came. He went off when she put her butt up against the glass. That's when he was like, now look, damn it, I done walked over here twice before, and now <laughs> your butt up against the glass, now your ass has got to go. So for the people out there, here's the deal. For the people out there who are mad at him saying you shouldn't use that language, let me just be real clear. When you're an owner and you've been nice twice already, now you done, we done crossed the line, now I got to get ignorant. Now, here's the yeah. deal. If you as the customer don't get ignorant, I ain't got to get ignorant. So huh. it's always interesting. It's sort of like in the NFL when they penalize the person who they saw throw the second punch, but ignore the person who threw the first punch. Well, hell, you don't throw the first punch. Ain't no second punch. Roland, how long do you think it's going to take for them to put some torque chicken on the menu? Why? Uh, but matter of fact, somebody in, uh, in the chat... Um, uh, said, oh my God, where in the hell is it? Where in the hell is it? They said, uh, uh, come get this twerk chicken with this jerk chicken. <laughs> what, what did somebody say? I was, I was like, yeah, but look, hey, look, you got to make lemonade out of lemons, so somebody might as well do it. So uh, we'll see what happens, uh, what happens next. All right, y'all, got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the shooting out of Oregon. Black man, gun down, because the white man said, turn your music down. Sounds real familiar to the Jordan Davis story, which took place uh, eight years ago. That's coming up next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. This generation, which gets so much inspiration from entertainment, mm -hmm. you know, this generation is influenced. I mean, it, every generation has their influence. Yep. But I would argue, by and large, when you talk about Harry Belafonte or you talk about 
you know, how it was, you know, in the 60s, 70s, and even 80s. There was, you know, you had the entertainers, you, you had the church, you had the activists. In our day and time, you know, the church is somewhat oh, losing its, its, its influence. Entertainment influence is growing. The activists are losing their influence. So where do most, you know, this younger generation go? They go to entertainment, you know, and so the influencers entertainment can actually move the needle. And when you see people be, become active, I love how this younger group of people are saying, wait a minute, we don't like what just happened with Kavanaugh. We're going to do something about it. We don't like the fact that there's no gun control. We're going to do something about it. And I do think that as tragic as these events are, they are becoming more gallant to get this younger group of voters, which is so influential, to get out and do what we know they can do, which is to help move the needle in a, in a massive way. All right, folks, uh, this story out of Oregon is just really just sad. Uh, where 47-year-old Richard Keegan pleaded not guilty to killing 19-year-old Aiden Ellison. He is now claiming the teen, he's now says he killed him in self-defense. And this took, took place on November 23rd, around 4 a.m. Keegan and Ellison were both staying at the Statford Inn when Keegan confronted the teen for playing his music too loud in the hotel's parking lot. At some point, Keegan then opened fire and shot Ellison in the chest, killing him on the scene. Keegan says the teen punched him in the face during the early morning confrontation. However, an autopsy doesn't show that Keegan uh, actually, uh, first of all, that, that an examination of Keegan doesn't show that he sustained any injuries and the autopsy of Ellison does not show any defensive wounds or anything on his body. The 47-year-old has been charged with first-degree manslaughter, second-degree murder, unlawful possession of a weapon, and reckless endangerment. Uh, joining me now uh, to talk about this is Precious Edmonds. She's director of the Southern Oregon Black Leaders, Activists, and Community Coalition. Glad to have you uh, on the show here, uh, Precious. So um, this is very similar to the Jordan Davis story. Uh, where he was shot and killed in a gas station parking lot uh, by a white man who is now in prison who tried to claim stand your ground as well. Uh, any other details about this case that our folks need to be aware of? Uh, yes, Roland. Well, one, that this is an act, ultimately an act of white supremacy, right? This is his murder is a result of white supremacy and racism in action. And um, we are very clear on that. Um, and the way that white supremacy culture is expressed, it's an expression of power over others based on ideas and values and practices that have been prescribed by white people, policies and po politics. And white supremacy culture is paternalistic in nature and feeds on untrue stereotypes and assumes that black people aren't capable of having valid thoughts and ideas or values. And this is what leads white people like Keegan to believe that black people are obligated to make them comfortable or submit to their self-appointed authority and see themselves in, as an extension of the police force and have the right to police black bodies. And anytime black people assert themselves, they are met with tone policing, public attacks, and violence. And white supremacy culture impacts everyone. And we have, the, we have to fight white supremacy culture like our lives depend on it, because ultimately they do. If this was in the, in the hotel parking lot and if they were arguing, I would assume it got loud. Were there any other witnesses? Did the hotel management come out there? Did, did, did this guy Keegan go to the hotel management uh, to get them to intervene? Yeah, so he went to the reception desk and he complained to them and the reception person came out and that was the first engagement with Ellison. Um, but Keegan also came outside as well. So instead of just telling the reception and allowing them to intervene on his behalf, 
he also felt the need to still go out there and confront him himself. So, uh, uh, Aiden, what, was he staying at the hotel? Uh, do you know if he was staying there? And was his music blasting? Was he in, was he just sitting in the car? Do we know anything about what he was doing that 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 led to this particular moment? There has been very little details um, in regards to what Aiden was doing. He was in his car. He was listening to music. It is believed that he was staying at the hotel as well. They both were. Um, but there have not been many reports. The, the only affidavit is really basically from the receptionist and from Keegan. Uh, hotel, do they have any uh, of uh, parking lot footage, to your, to your knowledge? I have not seen any. Um, Ashland is a very small place, so... It, it might be possible that they did not have that. Uh, well, uh, it, um, it it is certainly uh, a very uh, sad story here. Uh, and again, it's one of those things where uh, you have folks uh, who are vigilantes take things in, in you know into their own uh, hands. What and not, not only that. Here's the thing that I don't quite understand: if you're staying at a hotel and somebody's blasting their music in the parking lot, this is where you call the cops. You don't actually get into an argument with someone else, pull a gun out, and uh, shoot and kill someone. Yeah, I mean, this is why I think for all of that, all of the events that occurred were inappropriate. Um, but it also goes back to the fact that sometimes white people feel like they are see themselves as an extension of the police, so there was no need for them to call the police because they they can take care of it. They're they're in authority just like the police, and so um, we really need to push back and and address that um, part of white supremacy culture that, that is pervasive um, in an area, in all areas, um, in affecting black lives and, everywhere. And to your particular point, um, uh, share the uh, police chief, Tig O'Meara, uh, this is from the New York Times story here, go to my iPad, said the department was looking into whether the shooting was driven by race, adding that a racial motive had not been legally substantiated. Um, O'Meara did say, uh, quote, it has been reported in some local media sources that I said this was murder, what well, this murder was, quote, because of something. The only thing that I that caused this murder was suspects' actions 100%. This did not happen because of loud music. I, it happened because the suspect chose to bring a gun with him and chose to use it 100% on him, not the poor young man that was murdered. He also called the shooting utterly senseless. Drop the lower third, please. He said, quote, didn't need to happen. People getting violent with each other for such stupid reasons. Uh, your final comment uh, on what uh, pressures and what the uh, chief had to say. Um, well, I, we definitely appreciate the reframing of that narrative. But when the case first happened and the, um, he was giving his press statements, he was indicating that uh, it was about loud music and him being shot because of that reason. And so um, we do appreciate the walking back of that narrative because that narrative is false um, and, and very much victim blaming, which is unacceptable. All right, then. Uh, well, we certainly appreciate it. We're going to keep covering this uh, story, uh, Precious. And if you all uh, hear any other information, please let us know. Will do. All Thank right, you. Precious Edmonds out of Oregon. We still appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Also, an update, folks, on the story that we've been covering about uh, this young man. Of course, remember he was one of the two killed. His name is Sincere Pierce. He was killed along with AJ Crooms by a police officer uh, who uh, who stopped their car. Uh, a Brevard County uh, deputy. 
took place on November 13th. Well, uh, Sincere's family was raising the money uh, to bury him. But Sunday, at the funeral, Sincere's mom was shot in the leg because one of the other folks who was attending the funeral, a 16-year-old kid, had a gun and it actually discharged at the funeral site. Broke out, people began to flee, began to flee, and again, the mother was shot in the leg, uh, and they said it was accidental discharge by gun care by a 16-year-old. Uh, at this time, first of all, she is recovering. I talked to attorney Natalie Jackson. Uh, she's indeed recovering. Uh, but again, man, just, just absolutely crazy, sad case that happened uh, at that particular uh, funeral. All right, folks. Uh, let's talk about uh, what's happening in Georgia. Lots of craziness in that particular race uh, when it comes to uh, Purdue. Uh, in interim, uh, first of all, Senator David Purdue, of course, Senator Kelly Leffler, and challengers John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. Uh, a lot of different ads flying left and right. We showed you this yesterday. So Warnock is running a very different campaign, trying to be far more positive and uplifting uh, than, his, than his opponent, Kelly Leffler. Here is uh, the latest ad by the Warnock campaign. Warnock campaign. So, a uh, Raphael Warnock ad. Let's go ahead and cue that ad up, please. Uh, and we just want to show you the contrast uh, of what's happening in terms of in this particular campaign here. Uh, and so, we're going to go ahead and play that. We showed it yesterday. We showed this particular ad yesterday. And so, uh, go to my app. I, I have it. Go to my iPad, please. Take it right now. As yourself. It's a value we all try to live by, but in Washington, it's been forgotten. It's clear. Our politics are broken, overcome by a selfishness that rewards money and power, leaving far too many of us out of the conversation. I'm Raphael Warnock, and I see you. I see too many communities left behind, too many hardworking people ignored. I'm running for Senate to be your voice. That's why I approve this message. Love All right, y'all. So that is the Raphael Warnock ad. Now, uh, a little bit later, we're going to talk to the owner of Slutty Vegan, a restaurant in Atlanta, uh, where the Purdue people took a shot at John Ossoff uh, for going to uh, her restaurant because I guess he's the, saying Republicans eat beef. Well, the Ossoff campaign fired back with this ad. We're at Mom's Kitchen in Preston, Georgia. It's a family business. I enjoy making people happy, giving them a good meal. But since COVID, we had to close our main dining room. We lost all of that business. And we used to do a lot of caterings. We can't do any of that anymore. David Perdue knew what was about to happen. He was getting classified briefings about the pandemic. But instead of him being concerned about us, he off selling stock. We had no idea we'd have to close our businesses off. We'd lose caterings and so many people died. And then when we needed help the most, he fought against the stimulus checks and to cut unemployment insurance. Purdue needs to come out and Ossoff in. Early voting starts December 14th. You got to make a plan to vote. I'm John Ossoff, and I approve this message. Now, again, very, you know, straightforward, uplifting. But as outside groups, that have been slaying Leffler and Purdue with some hard-hitting ads. Watch this.
one senator in particular irks me. A Senator Kelly Loeffler, not elected, but appointed just a couple months ago. Calls across the political spectrum for the resignation of Republican Senator Kelly Loeffler of Georgia. Loeffler, her husband's the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange. I know that sounds like a joke about rich people in an Adam Sandler movie. That's a real thing. He owns the stock exchange. So they're two regular down-home folks. One of the first things they did after they found out just how bad the coronavirus would be during closed-door Senate briefings was sell a huge amount of stock. You sold over a million dollars in stocks in your own personal portfolio before the market went down. They were making a bunch of moves in the stock market to make sure their portfolios were protected instead of making sure you were protected. New congressional disclosures show that Loeffler sold far more stock than we initially knew. $18.7 million in stock trades. While there are those who would dismiss it and say, well, she's worth so much more, I've never met a wealthy person who didn't want more money. Not only did she sell stuff, but then she bought stuff, and one of the items she bought was to help people who have to work at home software. There's a reason Kelly Loeffler spending 25 plus or 30 million dollars in this, because she don't want people to know about her past. So she owns part of Atlanta's WNBA team, and there are calls for her to give up that ownership now. Truth is, with Kelly Loeffler, her own ambitions and her own elite friends come first, and the president, the rest of us, come second. Folks, this woman is knee-deep in the swamp, and she just got there. We should have leaders who actually respect the people. If Loeffler knew about these trades, she should leave office. The voters of Georgia had the opportunity to ballot box you out. Hashtag nobody likes Kelly. Now, that Fox News portion you saw. So Fox News and the Leffler campaign, they're actually trying to sue uh, the Midas Touch folks to keep them from running that ad. And they're going, y'all to see the letter the Midas and lawyers hit them with. It's absolutely lovely. Uh, but also, there's another outside group called Really American. They've been hitting uh, hard Leffler and Purdue on their insider trading when it came to the pandemic. Watch this. Richest member of Congress with more than $500 million, crooked Kelly Leffler is using her money to shield herself from the law. On January 24th, the same day Leffler got a secret coronavirus briefing exclusively for senators, her first concern was for her stock portfolio, not the safety of Georgians. Amid a flurry of outrage over her pandemic profiteering, Leffler's husband, Jeffrey Sprecher, made a $1 million donation to Trump's America First action super PAC. Just a few weeks later, Trump's Department of Justice suddenly dropped its investigation into Leffler's suspicious stock sales. Even her fellow Republicans on Fox News were sickened by Leffler's craven corruption. Crooked Kelly Leffler thinks the law shouldn't apply to rich people like her. Vote her out on January 5th. Well now, Michael, big contrast, you see. The Warnock ads with him walking his dog and, you know, being uplifting and the outside groups hitting. Uh, look, this is going to be a turnout race. Uh, your thought on just those, uh, the contrast there? Incredible. I mean, for great ads, certainly uh, entertaining. You know, hopefully they, they work. Uh, but right now they're spending somewhere in the neighborhood of half a billion dollars 
uh, on these campaigns. Obviously, everyone knows how important they are. Uh, the future of the, uh, at least the, the certainly current future of the United States Senate control uh, has to do on January 5th uh, when these uh, special elections take place. Those ads are fabulous. I, I, you know, how are you not going to like them? I mean, but when you have the kind of resources that both camp, all four campaigns have, you're going to see these kind of quality of ads. Whether you know, obviously, you're going to like the ones where you like the particular candidate and not like the other one. But the one with the restaurant, um, with the African American woman, that I mean, that's a powerful commercial. When you have a regular old person saying, "Hey, what about me? I'm having to lay off people." But you're worrying about your portfolio. Commercials are excellent. Um, Candace, uh, the thing here, when you look at this particular race, it's going to be all turnout, turnout, turnout. Uh, but I think it's also very wise if you are Warnock and Ossoff to keep hammering Purdue and Leffler on how they made money here. In fact, for Purdue, he's, he's got even he's got even greater problems. How he joined uh, one committee, had some defense stock, sold the stock. Stock tanked, he makes a bunch of money, goes back and buys the stock at a lower rate. Stock explodes, he made money twice. Yeah, yeah. What people want is someone who they can identify with. So when we're looking at Loeffler, we're looking at Purdue, we are looking at people who seem to be out of touch. And, and, and if you're in the Warnock camp, you're happy that somebody else is doing the other work, the dirty work for you, so to speak, so that they can have that message where they have. I mean, Janine Pirro, you have Janine Pirro against you. It, it's almost a lost cause. In addition, look at Loeffler in one of her recent ads where she talked about having to actually wait for a paycheck. She just seems out of touch. So, yes, what you said is correct, and I agree in that we got to talk about the money. Uh, these camps, if they want to have a plan that wins, it's the people that are going to come out. And if they see themselves in the people that they're voting for, then they're more likely to come out. These people don't see people um, that people in, uh, you know, Loeffler. They see someone who has stocks. Most people don't even have stocks or know about the, the, the stock exchange. So when it comes to identi identifying someone and saying, hey, I can relate to them and I am them, it is not the Republican Party. Uh, a lot of Republicans out there, Kelly, are saying that, um, well, you know, Trump, you know, uh, he may not campaign. First of all, he announced he's going to go to Georgia to campaign. One of the things that that also he keeps saying fraud, fraud, fraud. Republicans are scared to death that this is going to actually keep Republicans from voting, saying, well, uh, that it was fraudulent in the general. I'm not going to vote in the runoff. This same group, really American. Look at these billboards they're putting up all across Georgia. Uh, go to my iPad, please. Uh, Y'all, this one here. Georgia Republicans didn't <clears throat> fight. Georgia Republicans didn't fight for Trump. Uh, the next one, uh, they didn't fight for Trump. Don't fight for them. The next one, they didn't fight for Trump. Why fight for them? And the next one, they lost for Trump. Don't win for them. So what they're doing is they're actually trying to play into uh, the Republican anger uh, over uh, what Donald Trump is saying, saying he lost Georgia because of voter fraud. Works for me. Whatever works, let's throw the kitchen sink at them in terms of, of method to make sure that they don't win this election or this runoff, rather. But my thing is, the, the fact that Trump is about to go down there is if, if he's going to do what we purport he's going to do, which is still talk about fraud and widespread voter fraud and 
don't mail in anything and all that stuff. That could be a blessing in disguise for Democrats because he's feeding into the fears of Republicans uh, on the ground who don't want to use the one thing that could possibly save them from from COVID in terms of, of voting. So I, again, throw the kitchen sink at them in terms of method. Uh, he he lost, and hopefully the uh, Georgian uh, Senate uh, Republicans will lose as well. But it, I don't think that Warnock needs to have any negative ad out there. Like Candace was saying, you need they already have Midas Touch and others doing the dirty work for him. But also, he's I've seen a couple uh, ads where he's kind of sort of nice, nasty. In a sense, I, I don't know if you have it, but he was walking his dog. Yeah, that wasn't no nasty. That was that was that was cute. That was that wasn't even remotely nasty. I, I thought it was not nasty. That was that wasn't nasty. That was uplifting. <laughs> that was Kelly. That was Kelly. That was nasty. This is how you get nasty. Is too much of a coward to defend his record to Georgia voters. He's rarely even made a public appearance since October, when Democrat John Ossoff embarrassed him in a debate. John Ossoff has agreed to six different debates leading up to the January 5th runoff election. Purdue is chickening out of all six debates. And the Atlanta Press Club is even warning that Ossoff will debate an empty podium if Purdue doesn't show up. What's David Purdue so afraid of? Is he trying to avoid being asked about wanting to take away your health care in the middle of a pandemic? Does he not want to talk about his suspicious stock trades after a classified Senate briefing about COVID? Or is he too chicken to defend being against a new stimulus check for your family. If David Perdue is too much of a coward to face Georgia voters, he's too much of a coward to be your senator. Vote him out on January 5th. Now that's getting nasty. <laughs> that's definitely nasty, but you, you also have to take into consideration that he is a pastor and his whole platform is about uplifting, similar to Biden. What you didn't see Biden do a whole lot in his election is going low, so to speak, and, and attacking Trump's character and attacking all of these things. All he did was lead by example and be like, hey, I'm doing this. You see what he's not doing. So you make the determination for yourself. And I feel like for, Warnock is doing the same thing. For it could work in his favor. For everybody at home, this is the ad Kelly called nasty. You <laughs> <laughs> told them the smear ads were coming, and that's exactly what happened. You would think that Kelly Leffler might have something good to say about herself if she really wants to represent Georgia. Instead, she's trying to scare people by taking things I've said out of context from over 25 years of being a pastor. But I think Georgians will see her ads for what they are. Don't you? I'm Raphael Warnock, and we approve this message. Candace, you can't be rubbing the head of a dog at the end of the at the commercial, and that's and that's nasty. I don't know what the hell Kelly talking about. Candace, go ahead. The nasty was when he was when he threw something in the garbage. Thank now let's Candace. be real. He threw the poop. He threw the bag of poop in. Y'all, that what? For him, it was though because he doesn't do that. That's that's my point. He is so much yeah. of a moral ground that him doing something like that is shady. It is the nice <sighs> Okay, okay. Right. Candace, go well, we ahead. Candace, go ahead. 
He's a man of more than his words. We saw his actions. And so his actions, quiet as they were, they said volumes. Michael, final word on this. <laughs> as much as I, uh, I I usually agree with Kelly's analysis, I have to disagree on this one. I think Herschel uh, <laughs> was, was just fine and made its point. Um, you know, he, he, is an, he is a pastor, clearly seems to be a nice guy, clearly is the better, would be a better United States senator. Um, hopefully, uh, now that our problem, when I say our, I'm talking people of color, usually do not come out for runoff and special elections. That's our challenge. Obviously, for presidential elections, off the charts, off the charts, relatively speaking. For January 5th, the challenge is going to be getting people out. Well, and one of the things here is it's going to be looking at uh, those uh, crucial places where black turnout was low in the general election. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you have to get uh, your people out. You got to get them out to the polls. You got to get them out. Uh, and again, uh, what you're looking at, this is not going to be, let me be real clear, this is not going to be uh, a, a, an election that's based upon the issues, that's based upon, you know, how people feel. No, it, it, it is going to be based upon uh, stirring the emotions of people and pressing them. And again, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm only going to show this because you need to understand how the right plays. Now, Kelly, I, I hear your point. I hear your point. But this is where you got to have folk on the left. That's why those Midas Touch ads, those really American ads. And I, I, before I go there, Michael, can you answer this to me? Where in the hell are the DNC ads? Mm. You said it's interesting. You bring you. Can always you show me? I mean, I'm no, because no, 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 I'm, I'm gonna play this one. I'm gonna play because I'm just trying to understand. So you raise you you raise this actually in every cycle, and you're usually correct. As you know, you raised it for the presidential, and then the DNC stepped up with a whole bunch of ads. So I'm hoping, like you are, where where are they? They're 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 coming. Well, hell, because okay, here's here's my point on how the Republicans play. All right. Yeah. This is an ad. I'm only showing you this, y'all. Uh, I don't want to show you this crap, but I need y'all to understand how they message to their people. Nikki Haley and a bunch of Republicans pushed this thing out uh, a few days ago. Watch this. How bad is Raphael Warnock for America? Let's count the ways. Raphael Warnock is a proud defender of anti-America pastor Jeremiah Wright. That's right, this guy. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. Warnock's response. We celebrate Reverend Wright. He is a preacher and a sure. prophet. Warnock even called police gangsters and thugs. Police power showing up in a kind of gangster and thug mentality. Warnock's church hosted a love fest with communist dictator Fidel Castro. And Warnock signed an anti-Semitic letter accusing Israel of apartheid and supporting boycotting Israel. Warnock eulogized cop killer Troy Davis. Warnock supports socialized medicine that would end private insurance and put government in charge of health care decisions. 
And Raphael Warnock supports trillions in new tax increases, even on working families. So how bad is Raphael Warnock for America? Let's review. Raphael Warnock is an anti-America, anti-police, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, anti-jobs, anti-taxpayer, pro-socialized medicine, and pro-communist radical. Whew. That's a lot of reasons to stand against Raphael Warnock. That's a lot of reasons to stand for America. That is how they had been attacking him. And so you saw in his ad where a bunch of people, a bunch of outside groups said, oh, this is fraud, this is not true, this is not true. Look, negative, negative and lies last longer than the truth. That's what you're up against. That's what you're battling. That's what the fighting uh, goes on. And, I, and the bottom line is that, look, people just got to understand that this is the kind of nastiness we're going to see over the next 30-plus days uh, here uh, in this race, Michael. Absolutely. And these ads are going to continue over the next, uh, as you just mentioned, several weeks uh, until January 5th. And, and the money is going to be there to run these ads. And obviously, you know, at some point in time, uh, the pastor is going to have to make a decision on what kind of ad. Uh, clearly, these outside groups are going to defend him, um, but he's going to have to make some decisions himself about what kind of ads and what kind of messaging he's going to want out there. Because as much as, you know, we all hate to admit it, um, negative ads work. And I'm sorry they do. Uh, I wish they didn't. A lot of us wish they didn't, but they do. And especially then you have to couple that with what we were talking about earlier, with how we don't come out enough for runoff elections. So we have a lot of work to do on these very, two very important races. I really hope that the, because first of all, Osaf and Warnock are really campaigning together. I really hope they utilize what took place uh, with this restaurant, Slutty Vegan, as an example of how David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler really don't give a damn about black businesses. So, uh, John Ossoff, over the weekend, Saturday was supporting small businesses, and so that was called uh, Small Business Saturday, okay? So it was about touting small businesses. So John Ossoff decides to visit a black-owned vegan restaurant in Atlanta. Here's the video of him visiting there. It's called Slutty Vegan. Well, roll the video, please. So here's the deal. He's in line. You see him standing right there. And so he's, you know, long line there and so supporting small businesses. All right. So the deal is this here. The Purdue campaign, they decide, they decide to sit here and, oh, get an attitude. Here's the tweet that they put up. All right. We're going to show you the tweet that they put up uh, attacking Osof. Osof can have the plant burger. We'll take the all-star special. Pick your side, Georgia. So what are they saying? Like the hell with this black-owned business? Is that what they're saying? Well, let's actually talk to uh, the owners of that particular business. They join us right now, uh, and I'm sure this was not what they were uh, hoping folks would talk about. But guess what? Uh, all publicity is a good publicity when you, when you own your own business. So, <laughs> so joining us uh, uh, right now uh, with uh, Slutty Vegan uh, are uh, the two owners uh, who are with us uh, right here. And I'm trying to uh, pull up uh, th their names. Uh, I'm going to pull it right here. Uh, don't have it there in my prompter. Uh, so let me. Uh, Pinky Cole, Pinky, how you doing? Pinky, you there? 
I'm here. How are you? All right, Pinky. So, um, let's just say uh, this was not where you wanted to be. Did, did, did you get a sense that what, what David Perdue and his campaign was saying is, uh, the hell with your business, forget a business like yours, uh, we only support places where there's beef trying to attack him? To me, you're attacking a black-owned business, a small well, business. You know the interesting part here is, if you've never been a slutty vegan, one thing you're going to hear about slutty vegan is we get a lot of support from the community, right? We do a lot in the community, so people really have our back. So when you mess with slutty vegan, you mess with the city of Atlanta. So when Purdue said what he said, a lot of people took it personal. A lot of people. We, we've contributed almost $500,000 in community initiatives through our organization and through the business alone. So we don't just serve burgers and fries. So for us off to come and support a black business that's a pillar in the community, it meant more than him just standing in line saying, I want to get a dance hall queen. It meant I'm going to support a business that uplifts the community and utilizes their resources and their platforms to lead and to bring people up with them. And people didn't like what Purdue said. I actually laughed. I got to be honest. You know why? because I'm a former television producer, right? So I'm going to take all the press that I can get for my business. And what that did is it provided me a 15% increase in business. So thank you, Purdue. And, and, <laughs> and, and what, he, what he didn't realize is that the people who didn't know anything about John Ossoff knew a lot more about him through the avenue of Slutty Vegan. So I'm glad that he was able to get the exposure that he was probably looking for. And I'm glad that Slutty Vegan did, too. So, you know, it's a win-win for the both of us. Well, in fact, uh, during the... Uh, there were, there were 100,000 people in the Atlanta metro area who voted for Biden who skipped the Ossoff-Purdue race. Uh, many people believe that if those folks had actually voted for Ossoff or voted for Biden, Ossoff would have beaten David Purdue. Uh, in, in the primary there. And so I've talked to people in Atlanta who said Ossoff really needs to do better to uh, get black folks to know who he is. And so Purdue attacking Ossoff for visiting your restaurant, uh, to your point, and I've heard this from other people, it's ticked a lot of people off uh, in Atlanta and it has black folks like, oh, now y'all want to mess with the black restaurant. We, and so when he says, pick your side, Georgia... That's, black yeah. people clearly are saying, we're we going to pick our side, Osoff over Purdue. Yeah, listen, the reality of it is, is this. A, a lot of people still don't know who John Osoff is, right? He, he could have won the election last time, but, you know, people weren't familiar with who he is. And, and, and let's be honest, right? Getting black people familiar a second go round to even vote for a runoff election is hard enough, right? So what you got to do to get people to pay attention? You got to do it in the most unconventional way. So if it was me, and I like to call myself a hood politician, if I'm going to get people to vote for me, I'm going to go through the most unconventional avenues to get people to, one, know my name, to know what I stand for, and to know what I represent. And it's going to be beyond a campaign because, listen, you got to meet the people where they at. You got to let people know who you are and what you represent. And I think that, you know, I actually commend John also for coming to one of the hottest concepts in the country that so happens to be in Atlanta to do that. So it's like, if Slutty Vegan like you, everybody like you, you're good to go. So I think that a lot more people, especially black people, got a lot more familiar with John also over the weekend. Um, and Purdue, I think he should retract his statement because it didn't make him look too good. This was a photo that John Ossoff put on his Twitter feed, uh, the two of you. Uh, and he said uh, in his tweet, uh, y'all, y'all, 
I'm going around Atlanta for hashtag Small Business Saturday. First stop at a slutty vegan ATL. Um, as a result of this, uh, of course, the uh, last day to register is Monday uh, there in Georgia. Uh, and so uh, do you think that uh, as a result of this, uh, first of all, are y'all doing anything uh, particular in the restaurant when it comes to getting people to register to vote for this uh, uh, runoff on January 5th? Absolutely. So, you know, we, we've already started. We did, we've done an initiative with Impossible Foods and Jermaine Dupri. Actually, you were a speaker on one of those events where we got people excited about voting and the voting process. Oh, yeah. One of the virtual uh, one of the virtual yeah. events. Yep. Absolutely. So we were specifically targeting people who weren't interested in voting. And, you know, I got to be honest, prior to me being a business owner, I, I wasn't into politics and I'm getting to learn more about politics. But I wanted to use my platform because I know a lot of people watch the business to get people excited about the election. So after Vote Nick, we have still continued to partner with organizations to get people excited. We're actually working on um, some fundamental organizations so that we can drive more people to the polls. I've been doing a lot of speaking engagements because people already know how serious this election is. This runoff is just as important as the first one, right? We did a rally with All Stuff and Warnock um, in Clayton County at uh, my second location in Jonesboro, and we had Common come out and support. So literally, whatever I have to do to get people who look like me more interested in this runoff election, I'm willing to do that. So we've never wavered. We've been consistent on that. And, you know, we got people getting registered to vote when they stand in line. We get over 500, single pe 500 people who stand in line every single day to come to Slutty Vegan. So we utilize that to the best of our ability by getting people registered to vote, getting people in queue on what's going on, the issues that are happening in the communities, and getting them to get involved. And, and that's why we're more than just burgers and fries. Uh, Y'all put out this tweet here. Go to my iPad, please. Y'all tweeted, uh, he's being a fussy hussy. We, he never had a one-night stand. Georgia, no need to pick a side. All our burgers come with fries. <laughs> Absolutely. So here we are with, with, with the press and the, the propaganda, right? Those are the names of our burgers, right? But one thing about Slutty Vegan is we're for everybody, right? Slutty Vegan loves all people. I don't care if you're white, black, blue, yellow, green, Asian, African, it don't matter. One thing we do is we bring the people together in the name of food. And as long as we continue to do that, we got the ear of the people. And when you got the ear of the people, you can get them to do whatever it is that you want to do as long as it is in a positive way. And that's exactly what we've been doing. So, you know, Purdue is still invited to Slutty Vegan. He probably won't come. He'll probably go back to Waffle House. But listen, he can come and have a one-night stand or a fussy hussy any day of the week. All right, so I got to ask. So is everything at Slutty Vegan vegan? Are the fries actual potatoes? Or is it, <laughs> or is it something else that's supposed to be fries? Listen, every single thing, including the owner, myself, is vegan. Everything we do. Listen, when I created this company in 2018, I was very specific. I wanted people to reimagine food, right? The food that we grew up knowing and loving. So 97% of the people who come to my business are not even vegan. They're meat eaters. So we're able to really open up people's consciousness in a way that they've never seen it before while giving them an experience at the same time. So, Roland, when you come, you don't even got to stand in line. I got you. I'm going to give you a skip of the line. Oh, <laughs> first of all, I, 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 I got to be assured what actually tastes like, I mean, I, I got, I got, look, my man, my frat, LaMel McMorris is a super vegan. He took me some spot in Charlotte. He was like, no, man, this tastes just like a hamburger. And I almost cussed him out. I said, you trying to lean on the shield way too much. Uh, so, 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 so I got to be assured. So if I come there, because in fact, uh, I, we will be, uh, we will be in Atlanta. 
Thursday. We'll be there through Tuesday. Uh, then we're going to be, we're going to, we'll, actually, our crew, we're going to be in Atlanta uh, three to five days each week uh, covering this race. Uh, so if I come there, uh, uh, what should I get? Because I am an absolutely a carnivore. <laughs> I'm from Texas, born and raised. <laughs> when you come, you got to get the one night stand. But honestly, Roland, bigger than a fool, you're going to be so proud. As a black man, you're going to come to this business and you're going to see we organized, right? We give good customer service. We give a great customer experience. The food going to be hot and warm. And we're going to make you feel like the most important person in the world. And that's why people love us. That's why we've been able to open up four locations in less than two years. So you're just going to be impressed all the way around. So it don't matter what you order. If you want to order the receipt on the menu, you're going to be happy. But, but you got to tell me what, what actually tastes like something. Because I, I, I can't be in your restaurant cussing now like homeboy at the restaurant in Dallas. Because, you know, I'm just saying. Now, first of all, when are y'all open? So we are open uh, Tuesday through Saturday, um, and the times differ from each location. We're growing. We're growing super fast. All right. What, so what's the time? What's the time in Atlanta? What's the time you open? Um, it depends on what location. You go to the West End, we open from 12 to 7.30. You go to Clayton County, we open from 12 to 9 o'clock. You go to the heart of Atlanta on Edgewood, we open from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. in the middle of the night. So whatever you want to move for, we got you. Whatever time all right, you so, want so here's what we'll do. We'll, fi we'll, figure, we'll figure out... Uh, which uh, one of the locations in which time. Uh, and uh, I'll go ahead, because first of all, it's my show. I ain't got to ask nobody permission. So, so, so we'll, we'll figure out, we'll, you let me know uh, what's the best spot that can accommodate our cameras and lights. And so what we'll do is we'll actually do the show uh, from the Slutty Vegan. Uh, we'll do the full two-hour Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, from one of your locations. Uh, and I, y'all, I promise, I promise, I will, uh, I will, I will eat something. I might have to, I might have to, because y'all know, I might have to bring me some barbecue sauce, because barbecue sauce. <laughs> no, you don't. Come on, I, you know, I, look, I, I'm just saying. So, uh, we'll, uh, so we'll see. Candice, uh, Kelly, and Michael, uh, y'all eat anything vegan? Any one of y'all? Absolutely. I do. I am vegan. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to see who's talking. All right, go ahead. Who was talking? Uh, I think Candace first. Go ahead. I think I'm going to hurt you. Oh, oh, I, I do. I, I've, I've seen my sister make vegan cheese out of nuts. I've seen the process, not believed in it. And then I ate it, and it tastes good. She's a vegan. We've gone to vegetarian restaurants for Mother's Day and Father's Day. So, yeah, I've got a lot of people in my family trying to twist me over. But that smell of that bacon, I'm just saying. Okay. You know, I, it's tough. <laughs> Kelly, how about you? I I am not a vegan, but I do eat some vegan food, depending on where you get it from. Right. It's delicious. I am very familiar with Slutty Vegan. I'm waiting for them to get a brunch menu for D.C. All right. I'm waiting. Michael. Begging. Michael. <laughs> well, Roland, you know I'm like you. I'm a steakhouse guy. But... Uh, my sister-in-law is a vegan and has taken me to some very tasty vegan restaurants. Okay. Where I had a vegan Reuben, which was excellent. Well, 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 well Pink, I'm the only one who ain't never ate, I ain't ate nothing <laughs> vegan. So well, we're gonna change your life. Well, I don't know if y'all about gonna change my life, but but we gonna we gonna try that. So I appreciate it. Uh, thanks a bunch. And so uh, I'll get your contact information. So like I say, when we when we come to Georgia, we're gonna be there pushing the election, and then we'll do the show from one of your locations. Rolling, can you please, Rolling, can you please make sure the camera's on you when you take a bite? 
of that cheeseburger. Please. No, no, duh. Please. That's what we do. Duh. <laughs> duh. All right, Piggy, thanks a lot. It. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. See you soon. All right, y'all. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, that's, see, that's what happens when you are stuck on stupid. Pull the panel back up. That's what happens when you're stuck on stupid and you're a politician uh, and, 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 and you think you're taking a shot at somebody and you don't realize uh, how you really stepped into it. And see, now, Purdue, don't bring your ass to Slutty Vegan because, see, now, nah, don't, don't even come by because, see, then you're really going to be sitting here uh, being a hypocrite if you try to come by. And so uh, black people all across Georgia, David Purdue took a shot at a black-owned restaurant thinking he was taking a shot at John Ossoff. So guess what we should do? Take a shot and throw his ass out of Washington, D.C. Deadline to register in Georgia is Monday. Pull the graphic up, please. The deadline is Monday. Monday, 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 Monday. Okay? Monday. The election is January 5th. Early person in voting starts December 14th. So please do that. Going to a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk about what we're doing with a black-owned business. Uh, they make face shields, which, of course, uh, we all need in COVID. That's next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Trump can show up and say anything, and they can just go, oh, yeah. The African-American community was great to us. They didn't vote. You know, he just called you stupid. Did you hear that? Oh, 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 but he's for us. Really? And they were just regurgitating the things that they had heard on a radio or in the barbershop or something that somebody had told them. They hadn't thought about it. Democracy is... Uh, in danger is because people don't know how to think. I'm done with trying to convince people to try to vote for their, you know, for their for their life. You have to run for your life. I'm gonna go try to get people who are open to it and, and, and lead them. I'm done with hope. Fuck hope, fight. Morning. And now the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, on the telephone. This election was rigged. This election is a total fraud. Dead people were applying to get a ballot. They were making application to get ballots. There are a lot of dead people that so-called voted in this election. I say, I don't have standing. You mean as President of the United States, I don't have standing. But poll watchers were walked out by thugs out of the building. There's no way Joe Biden got 80 million votes. Do you know the votes in Dominion, they say, are counted in foreign countries? There are many mailmen that are in big trouble right now for selling ballots, getting rid of ballots. Well, you know, we're completing the wall. Like I said, I would. Everyone said you'd never be able to do it. I got, that's another one I got built. And it's had a huge impact. They stuffed the ballot boxes. This is disgusting, and we cannot allow America's election to be corrupted. We cannot. Folks, smart people, of course, are wearing masks. Uh, well, the smart people, every time they leave the house. And one of the complaints we have is that no one can really see our faces. Well, Smile Shield is a customizable and fashionable design on a plastic face shield that allows you to protect yourself while showing your smile. Joining, well, first of all, you still got to wear a mask. But joining me now are the creators of Smile Shield, Ernest Smiles and Barbara Furlow Smiles. All right, so first of all, so we have these other masks out here, and I've seen those in, like, you know, the big old... 
uh, band on going your forehead right here, and ain't the cutest thing in the world. So y'all decided to sit here uh, and go to a whole new level with the bling bling mask. Black people will bling bling anything. So how, so uh, who decided to, to say, hey, let's do this? Roland, it was it was myself. Um, I it was you. Wasn't her? Big band. So you know, I was I was like, um, this is something that people will love. A customized face shield. You know, we understand that it's a serious time, but you know, us as African Americans, we we have to be. You know, we got to be snazzy. We got to be fly. So we said, well, how do we do this, and how do we deliver something that the people will love, Roland? And so, um, and so when y'all so started this, what was the first one you did? What was the first, what was the first one, Barbara, that y'all, that y'all, uh, decided to do? And then how's it grown from there? Yeah, it's a great question. So not only did he start it, he brought home an LA Darvis one. And for me as a woman who loves makeup, loves to still have her personality, I said, we got to take this to the next level. And so we actually have seven collections. So we have... Bedazzled, we have luxury, we have the customized one where you could add bling on the shield. Um, so there's a lot, it's growing. And so we really want to just give people an opportunity in this pandemic, in this rough time, the ability to still have something that, that means something special to them. Um, if we're going to be in this, why not have fun and look fly in it? Uh, and so, uh, and so, so y'all decided to do these here. And so, uh, the one I'm rocking, uh, go ahead, uh, uh, Henry, zoom in on this one. Uh, just tell me which camera we're going to zoom in on. Uh, and so what I'm going to show y'all, they, so they sent me four different ones. I just want to show y'all in terms of, terms of, terms of, terms of what they look like. Uh, and so this one here, uh, they sent me this one. So this one is Roland Martin unfiltered. And so this one right here. Uh, and so I guess also with the shield, it works if you, that way, uh, folks can't see your face with with the with the mask. Hell, just put your name on it, and then they'll know. Uh, so they know they know I'm a Texas A&M graduate, and so uh, this one here they sent me Texas A&M University, uh, and then of course uh, I'm gonna okay, let me do this one right here. Uh, okay, this one that's what I'm saying. Uh, you, you want folks to know your name? Just go ahead and put your name on it, and so they so they look at the mask. They be like. Hell, that's rolling. Yeah, because it's right there on your name. I mean, it just makes sense. Um, and so, you know, they had to send me this one. Uh, and uh, poor, poor little Michael, uh, poor little Michael, because he, he he belongs to that, that little junior little, little association, that little youth group. Um, but, Michael, just so you know, uh, this, uh, just so you know, Michael, this Friday, this Friday, you know, Michael, right? That's why that, see that ring right there, Michael? You see that ring? Do I, do I, do I, do I need to zoom it in? You see that ring, Michael? You can't wear that. So the ring, Michael, goes with this mask. Uh, Alpha Phi Alpha, founded December 4th, 1906, Cornell University, you know, otherwise known as Y'all Daddy. Uh, and so, uh, that's what it is. So, uh, and so, uh, so, so y'all customize, so what? What happens? Do do the folks say I want this one, and then they place the order? Well, basically, that is that is that's exactly it. They go to our website, which is smileshield.com. They pick what they want, and they customize a shield just like yourself with with Roland Martin. Or if they want to bedazzle, there's a selection, and they select it. My wife has a couple. Go ahead, yeah, tell them what yeah. you got, baby. And so the beautiful thing about the website, it's a quick, easy self-service. So we have pictures of what they look like. This is from our luxury line. One of our top sellers is Hot Pink Bling. 
um, that's selling out. And then we have Bride Bedazzled as well. Um, so literally, if you want it, you go to our website, smileshield.com. You see the seven collections. If you want to do a name customization like we have, you go to customize, put your name, and you can add bling, you can add accessories, or you can go to our bedazzled luxury, et cetera, and then you can see the picture and order it. Wow. So uh, And so the one you have, you got it all around the edges here, all around yeah. the edges. Bling around the shield. So, so here's the only. Okay, so you have it here. Wait, of course you got it. Uh, you got it above right here. So here's, so here's what I'll say. The only thing, because I, because y'all are responding to this, and I tweeted this out. So you see the one that the NFL uh, has. So here's the deal. So part of the part of the issue. And so again, most folks are not necessarily thinking about this here. So I wear a lot of baseball caps. So part of the thing is, is also this is this works perfectly when you have no hat on, no hat on at all. The only thing, and so I'm just, just letting y'all know as somebody who wears hats all the time, that if I decide to wear a hat, this is where the problem comes in, right here where it's pushing down on here. So just gotta, so so someone's out there, just gotta sort of figure that out because it's so high up here that your hat is sort of up here, not necessarily wearing it. So just want to just, just let you, just let y'all know, y'all 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 can go into the lab and work on that one. Well, I already went to the lab. It's going to be the Roland Martin, Roland Martin hat. <laughs> so I went to the lab and I'm going to send you the first Roland Martin hat shield with the shield going to have a dip where it can fit a cap. I went to my designer and said, yo, Roland Martin's saying we can't do the cap. What can you do for me? Right. He I mean, because this, because here's the deal. You see, right? Because the way I see again, just so y'all know, you know, first of all, I'm a hatologist. Uh, yeah. I, I am. Uh, in fact, uh, Anthony, go, go in my office. I think there's this other little hat in there. So first of all, let me just help y'all out, okay? White people's heads are a little bit different. So they typically wear them hats like with the slope up like this here. They like slope up. No, 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 no. Black. We got to have a hat, hat that come down here. <laughs> Okay, we wear hats different, okay? So I'm just saying, I mean, the folks at TV One, they actually had some hats, uh, and our CEO at the time was white guy. I said, uh, Brad, I, I can't wear that hat. I said, so, so we, so that's what I'm saying. So we out, wear our hats a little different. So yeah, so I got to, so for me, cause like when I go to Atlanta, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the show hat on. So the key, so good. So you already been to the lab, that way it works. I got you covered, got Roland. You covered. Trust me. I already it, it's already been a multiple question. Yourself and one of the African American first female coach, Khaled Smith, had the same issue. Yo, what's going on with your hats? How come I can't wear my cap? I had to flip it to the back. I said, hold on, let me go to the designer, put it in the engineering CAD program, and I got y'all covered. It's coming. We're gonna call it the rolling bar. We're gonna need you to model it though. <laughs> Problem. I'm just letting. I ain't no problem. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Uh, so, 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 last one. How do you? So, people who travel, or even if you don't travel, but you're going to work, and so, how then? Uh, so, how should they protect it? So, like, so even when you close it up, and so it looks like this here. You know, how do you also? How do you also protect it? So, there's something you put it in. So, what do y'all recommend just, just to protect your shield? We actually have a, a pouch now that's, you know, initially that was a major question. I'm now in the process of releasing a pouch for Christmas 
that you can place your smile shield in is the smile shield pouch. Mm -hmm. And it's going to come with the new orders. If you want to, as an addition, add it. So if you're a traveler, we have VIP packages, which are actually face shield, face mask, and a pouch that everything fits in. Mm -hmm. Got so, it. Okay. Because that's I mean that that that, that I mean that that's a, that's a real deal right there. Uh that because right. people are increasing their traveling and then so you don't want it cuz like I, the other face shield that one with the big band like it, it was in my backpack and it got punctured. Uh and that, oh, yeah. and that was that was one of the issues there. So all right. So again, uh the website is right there. Uh we had it all lower uh smiles shield. Smiles S M I L E S shield S H I E L D.com. How, how many of the units have y'all moved? Right now, Roland, we're up to about 4,000. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. Well, uh, hopefully... Uh Hopefully, uh, more will move. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. The whole purpose of this segment is to feature black-owned businesses, uh, and so we're certainly glad to have y'all on. Uh, thanks for sending these here. Uh, and again, uh, d there's no need for y'all to make any of that say Omega Sci-Fi. There's just no need. So just don't even don't even worry about that. Plus, Omegas they too broke. They can't afford it. So. Uh, I'm just so Michael know I ain't lying. Michael know I ain't lying. So he 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 know he know. Uh, I, huh? I gotta take care of Michael. Come on, Roland. Nah, nah, nah. Just, just, thank you very much. Just, just uh, nah. Just, don't, don't even worry about it. Just, just sit, <laughs> send his ass some goggles. All right, then. Uh, Ernest and Barbara, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Roland. Thank you. All right, y'all. Last item on today's show. My goodness. Y'all know what time it is. No charcoal girls are allowed. I'm white. I got you, Carl. Illegally selling water with our permit? On my property. Whoa! Hey! Hey, remember. Give me your ass. You don't live here. I'm uncomfortable. All right, y'all. I, I am I, I am constantly uh, uh, laughing at these idiots on Fox News. Uh, and they really are some of the dumbest people you've ever seen in your life. And one of the truly dumbest people you've ever witnessed is that fool, Sean Hannity. I don't even understand how anybody with a brain can watch Sean Hannity um, uh, every night. This is what this fool last night actually said. It came out of his mouth on the air. Listen. We, in this hour, I am not told what to say. I don't vet the information on this program that I give out. We have always been independent, follow our own path on this show. That's not going to change for me ever. We, in this hour, I am not told what to say. I don't vet the information on this program that I give out. We have... I, I'm sorry, Candace. Did, did you just hear this fool say... Okay, I just want to make sure that that everybody heard that. Y'all, this is somebody, show host, has a radio show. Listen to a three-letter word that he used. In this hour, I am not told what to say. I don't vet the information on this program that I give out. We have always been independent. Candace, I don't <laughs> vet the information on this show that I give out. That's the whole point of journalism and why people are on the air to give information 
That is the truth. You vet information. You figure out what's right or wrong. So how in the world can he be a talk show host that anybody can trust? He's just admitting that what he is saying at most times is, is nonsense. He doesn't even check it out. He just reads what's on the prompter, I guess. It just doesn't make any sense, especially for him to be considered a journalist. It makes no sense. Well, for, well, you know, he, he's tried to say I'm not a journalist. Uh, what? But here's the deal, though. Even if you call yourself a journalist and, or you, and you're not a journalist, the, 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 the bottom line here, Michael, I don't vet the information I give out, meaning... If it's a lie, whatever, I, I don't check it. We don't run it by nothing. But see, this is no shock because actually, go to my iPad. Tucker Carlson got sued. The Fox News lawyers, Michael, said, you can't believe the facts Tucker tells you. That was their defense. Yeah, that's Tucker. Don't really believe what he says. That should be yeah. the new motto of Fox News. Hey, Fox News, we make shit up. Now, did now could he have meant that he does not vet it with upstairs first? Hell no. No, he said exactly what. Uh, well, we know what he meant. I don't vet this. Of course, of course, that's what he meant. I mean, he they're what do they call themselves? Opinion journalists, or they have a term that they use for themselves. And when I say themselves, the nighttime lineup uh, at Fox uh, that gives them coverage that they don't have to pretend to be journalists, that they're being they're just doing editorializing. And so in that case, they don't need facts. Uh, Kelly, this is exactly what the Fox News people said in a lawsuit where Tucker Carlson was accused of making racist and anti-immigrant statements. Quote, the general tenor of the show should then inform a viewer that Carlson is not, quote, stating actual facts about the topics he discusses and is instead engaging in exaggeration and non-literal commentary. Okay, final comment. I'm done. There is a difference between a news show and a newscast. It is rare that you even see a newscast on a national level anymore because that is really relegated to local news now. We are now in a world of informational entertainment. And that may or may not be a good thing. You know, history will see. But uh, Hannity isn't even doing that. He's not even doing informational entertainment. He's doing entertaining information. And that that is just false altogether. How do you not vet a source if you're trying to speak the truth? How do you not confirm and 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 double check, triple check, because this is the only way a lot of people get any information regarding what's going on in this country. So for me, it's kind of like, how dare you even gloat about something like that? You are outright saying that I could be lying to you. I could not be, but whatever. It it, it that that is that's insulting <laughs> to the craft of journalism. Right. And and media as a whole is just wrong. Well, I'm cracking up laughing, Candace. You was you like I, you 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 couldn't believe what I just read. You like <laughs> I, I know he didn't just read that. That's literally what the Fox lawyers asserted in court, and the judge agreed with him. Like, okay, yeah, he they just say he exaggerates, he makes stuff up. Don't concern yourself with facts.
I guess it's just telling us what we already knew, though. I mean, let's be real. If he's saying he, that he yeah. doesn't vet, well, then that just sounds like an admission. Yep, that's exactly what it is. All right, folks, Candace, Michael, uh, Kelly, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Please, no twerking in restaurants uh, when Put That Ass in a Circle comes on. Uh, if y'all want to support Rollerball Unfiltered, please join our, go to our cash app, uh, cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered, paypal.me, forward slash rmartunfiltered, venmo.com is forward slash RM Unfiltered. You can see the money order, too, uh, New Vision Media, NU Vision Media, Inc., 1625 K Street Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of folks uh, who, who contribute to the show. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I was going to read those today, but you know what? We're a little over time. I'm going to read those tomorrow. Folks, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much uh, for watching. Please support what we do. Those of you who watch on YouTube, you can subscribe right there on YouTube. Y'all, we give you stuff other folk don't give you. Why? Because we keep it real, keep it black, and we keep it unapologetic and unfiltered. I'm Roland Martin. Hi! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. GameBridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.